You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Good day to you, wherever you may be in the world. My understanding is that our podcasts are becoming quite popular, moving up to the top of many lists when it comes to end times discussions, when it comes to biblical discussions, and we thank you for being here. My name is Mike Ufferman. I'm one of the Bible teachers and tour leaders with a ministry called Zion's Hope, that ministry founded by Marvin Rosenthal and now headed by his son, David Rosenthal. Uh, Marv went to be with the Lord, got his reward in uh, 2022, and so uh, we continue to press on with the same ministry and uh, with the same effort that uh, Marv had, and we're very happy to be participating in this podcast uh, with, uh, with Alan Kirshner and all the rest of the crew that are here trying to expand scripture and uh, help us to understand different things. And so this is actually the second part of a two-part series, uh, as it was in the days of Noah, was what the first one was called, and so we'll call this one, as it was in the days of Noah, part two. And so when we were looking in Scripture the last time, we saw that, that God was saying, that uh, Jesus was saying that, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. So what we can do is we can look at what it was like in the days of Noah. And in our last session, we saw that Noah didn't know anything initially about when things were going to happen. And we move forward in time, though, and God reveals to Noah that um, I've got enmity between me and men and humanity. And Noah, it's you, your wife, your three children, and their wives that will survive. Plus, also, we're going to bring animals to you. I say we, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, the triune Godhead, Uh, We are going to bring you the animals that need to be preserved, and we know that male and female, and then of course there were seven of certain kinds for sacrifices and all the other things that went into the mix. And so we know that um, Noah would have known when he has his ship, this vessel that he's finished constructing with his children, uh, he's gone and he's harvested all of the food that he can get together because it's that season, and God has prepared all of this food for him to put on board the vessel. And maybe he comes out after a hard day's work. The next morning after a good night's sleep, he's got his cup of coffee in his hand and he steps out onto the platform, the ramp that comes up onto the the ark. And as he's sitting there, he's saying, oh, isn't that cute? Look at the bunny. And oh, there's another bunny. And oh, they're coming up the ramp. And right behind them, maybe there's a couple of tortoises and maybe there's a couple of coyotes and maybe there's a couple of bears and Maybe the next thing you know, you've got all kinds of animals and some birds that are flying in two and two, and then he's going to start all of a sudden realizing, oh, uh, yeah, God told me about this too, that he's going to bring me two of every kind, and uh, I need to make sure to house them. And so they would then be moved into the ark. And also at that same time, we know that Noah was told, you've got seven days until the rain comes, until I shut you up into the ark. And so God gave signs. God gave timelines. They were general in the beginning. I need you to build a boat. Your family will be saved in this boat. When's the flood coming? When the boat is done. It's that simple. But then God's saying, now, seven days from now, I'm going to bring the flood. 
He knew the, he knew the day that the flood was going to come. Did he know the hour? No, he didn't know the hour yet. But then when all these animals have come and now God closes the door, he knows that this is the hour. And sure enough, as expected, God brings his wrath immediately upon the earth with the wells of the earth opening up and with the rain that was in the sky coming down. And the flood was to uh, was 18 cubits, I think, 15 cubits, 18 cubits above the highest point on earth. And so man would have had to have been able to tread water for a long time, 40 days, um, before even the ark would come back down and start to settle on land. Okay, I say all of that then to say, let's take a look at Matthew 24, and I'm going to just not get into real specifics, but I'm just going to generally look at Matthew 24, and we're going to see some things up until uh, the actual rapture of the church, and then we'll have a general discussion about that afterwards as, as well. So we start in Matthew chapter 24. And we know that Jesus has left the temple. We know that his disciples come to show him the buildings and say, look at these amazing structures. And Jesus tells them that not one stone is going to stand upon another. We know that that's a prophecy that's coming regarding the destruction of the temple uh, in A.D. 70 when uh, General Titus was there and um, the Roman Empire overran that area and completely destroyed the temple and there was no longer any temple. And so uh, we know that there's going to be a multitude of things that are going to happen after that when you compare that to, uh, to the book of Daniel and chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, especially the latter part of that, because that's where you begin then this seven-year period of time spoken of by Daniel the prophet. And there's even a, refer, a reference to that here in Scripture. But Jesus tells them... Uh, that there are going to be certain things that are going to happen. These stones are going to be fallen. That's a sign. Okay, they're, again, they're asking him. Uh, well, they haven't asked him yet, but they've said, look at all these amazing things. And he says, I tell you, not one stone is going to stand upon another. And though, now he's in the Mount of Olives and his disciples come to him and they say, tell us, when will these things be? So in other words, you've given us a sign that the walls are going to be torn down. The temple's going to be torn down. That's a sign. When is that going to happen? And uh, Jesus is then asked, and what will be the sign of your coming, the end of the age? Okay, And so we know then that he answers them. And the way that he answers them is a little cryptic, but as we study scripture, we can understand. And so again, there's already been a sign there's going to be a destruction of the temple. We know that that's already happened back in A.D. 70. Okay, But then he also talks to them and he says, don't let anybody deceive you. So apparently there will be deception in the days ahead. And uh, somebody that says that I'm the Christ, uh, somebody that comes and says that I am Jesus because I've come back and I've returned, don't let anybody deceive you. Um, because we know, and if you look in the book of Revelation, that there's a rider on the white horse, and the rider on the white horse is going to be the arrival of the Antichrist, and he's in league with Satan, and that's the, the uh, great deceiver, if you will, the liar of all liars. And then he's also saying, and don't be... Uh, deceived because you're also going to see wars and rumors of wars. Okay, you're going to hear about these things, and we know, rider right on the second horse, the red horse, that there's going to be peace taken from the earth. And so, this one who arrives on the white horse, so to say, the Antichrist, when he arrives, he's going to begin to build up his power, his strength. Jesus is saying, Watch out for him. That's going to happen sometime after the destruction of the temple. Okay, so watch out for this guy who's going to arrive. Jesus is also saying, watch out for peace being taken from the earth. We know that that's the rider on the red horse. 
Okay, wars and rumors of war. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. These are signs, but the end is not yet. So, in other words, keep looking. Here's the first sign. Here's the second sign. Here's the third sign. But keep looking. So just as Noah had signs of things that were going to be happening and the flood coming, Jesus is saying the same thing for us. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And so we know that there are going to be conglomerations of people and unions of people. They're going to be fighting against each other. Some choosing to not gather together. Some saying that they want to gather together and become part of a a cooperative, a coalition. And so that's where you have these individual nations. That's where you have these kingdoms that are going to arrive. And then it says that there's also going to be famine in the land. And so I would suggest to you even now as we see at this time in history that they're talking about a global currency. They're talking about um, a central bank dollar. And so uh, if you don't agree with certain policies, my understanding is that that central bank dollar will be able to be used against you. You don't agree with the coalition, then you can't buy here. You can't buy food there. They don't want you to go someplace. You can't buy tickets to get there and those kinds of things. But it says that there's going to be famines, the controlling of food. Plus, also, food is going to become more scarce with wars and rumors of wars. Food is going to become more scarce as Antichrist begins to control those food resources. Even as we see now that food is being cut off, and they're talking about, oh, we're not going to let meat be produced anymore. And there's certain food crops that, excuse me, that can't be produced anymore. And so there are going to be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And it says that these are the beginning of sorrows. And so we've got those first four riders that are signs. Antichrist's arrival, wars, rumors of wars, famine in the land, pestilence that's going to come as a result of death now passing through the land. And it says then that they're going to deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. So that's following those first four items that I mentioned. Now it's going to be a terrible time. Christians will be delivered up. Jewish people will be deli delivered up and will be killed because of their faith. Okay, we know the book of Daniel in chapter 9, it talks about that. And that's going to happen at the midpoint of that seven-year period of time. So three and a half years into the seven years is going to be the beginning of the Great Tribulation. And it'll be a terrible time. And it says that you're going to be delivered up. They're going to try to kill you. They're going to, you're going to be hated by all nations. Why? For the name's sake of Jesus. And so these people who are being killed will be believers in Jesus. And at a certain point in time, we know that there's a remnant of Jewish people that are going to recognize the one whom they've pierced. And those will be those who are coming to the Lord. And they too will be captured and will be beheaded. They'll be killed or they'll be sought after just the same as if you're a believer in Jesus Christ now and you're still alive at that time. They'll be chasing after you too. Do you have the mark of the beast on your forehead? Do you have the mark of the beast on your right hand, your right wrist? If you don't, then you'll be captured. You'll be given the opportunity, I'm sure, because the Antichrist will be very magnanimous and he'll allow you to take the mark. My suggestion is that you won't because you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you and his grace will be sufficient for you to overcome the obstacles that lie ahead. And so you'll not take that mark. And if you're alive at that point in time, then you'll be beheaded. So timing on all of this stuff is critical. It's crucial. And so um, it will become more intense also as time goes on. But they're going to have false prophets arise. They're going to have all kinds of things that are going to happen. The hearts of many will grow cold. 
and the family members that you love now that they know that you're one of the Christians they will be turning you in next door neighbors will be turning you in but it says that he who endures to the end shall be saved doesn't mean you won't die but you will be saved and that's because of your faith in Jesus Christ and it says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come and so we have a series of events that we see that are going to occur Again, we're going to end up with this arrival of the Antichrist, whoever this negotiator will be. And then he's going to have his minions with him. They're going to start to build power. And it's going to probably be somebody out of the region of Assyria, the Assyrian Empire, which is going to be eastern Turkey, northern Syria, or the area of northern Iran. Okay, somebody from that area, probably based upon what the Muslims are suggesting, 40 years old. And he'll be the great deliverer for the Muslim people. And he's going to rebuild that Ottoman Turk Empire that was in power for 400 years. And many of those Muslim nations will choose to follow him. Some will choose not to. And they will be against that coalition. And there will be consequences for their decisions to do that as well. But that's one of the signs. Arrival of the Antichrist. Next sign, wars, rumors of wars. Next sign, famine in the land. Next sign, death and pestilence and also now earthquakes that are coming. And then the next sign, Antichrist will basically step into the temple of the Jewish people and he will say, I am your God. Put a, an image of me, a statue of me in the wing of the Jewish temple. Now, when did that Jewish temple appear? It appeared when the covenant was agreed to at the beginning of that seven-year period of time. It was affirmed. Whatever that covenant was, it was affirmed. Some people suggest it's a new treaty that's made that allows Israel to live in peace and safety. Other people suggest that it's some treaty that already exists and it was extended for seven years. A very interesting proposition is that these nations, these Gentile nations, the Muslim nations that are making this agreement with the Antichrist as the main leader of this agreement, these people will be acknowledging that the Jewish people have a covenant with God. And that will be a covenant of law and that they can begin the sacrificial system back up on the Temple Mount again. So we need to be aware and we need to keep those things in mind. But that covenant, that seven-year covenant will be broken three and a half years in. So we've got signs of things that are happening. And when that's broken, that's when the great tribulation begins. And it will be a terrible time that will be brought upon the people of Israel. And it'll be a terrible time when uh, also the children of the Jewish people, in other words, Christians also will suffer consequences. And so there's a warning. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, go back in chapter 9, look in verses 24 through 27, especially around 27. See, when you see that abomination standing in the holy place, and whoever reads this, let them understand, then those who are in Judea should flee to the mountains. So if you're there in Israel at that time, you need to head to the hills. Okay, let him who's on his housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who's in the field not go back to get his clothes. So run, flee, as soon as you hear about that. But if you're pregnant, you're going to be in a bad way. You'll be captured. You'll be caught. You'll probably be killed. Um, and so pray that this doesn't happen in the wintertime or that it doesn't happen on the Sabbath when you're told that you can't go. But in verse 21 now, this is where people get mistaken. It talks about, for then there will be great tribulation. When? 
at the midpoint of that 70th week, not before this, for the people of Israel especially, they'll be living in peace and safety. But here, there will be great tribulation uh, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world. And so we know what the signs have been up to this point in time. And just as Noah had signs, now we have signs too. The great tribulation, the violation of the Jewish temple has begun. If that's the case, then we know that there's three and a half years left of that seven-year period of time. But the Lord still hasn't come back yet. And so we also then know, based upon uh, um, Revelation chapter 6, that now we've been moving through those seals the fifth seal is this great tribulation. The next thing that we should see then is going to be a sign, another sign in the sun, the moon, and the stars. But we know that it's so bad, it's so intense for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. So only for the elect will those days be cut short. The seven years has been told it's going to be seven years. You can't shorten that. But the amount of time that there will be this great tribulation will be shortened for the sake of the elect. And that's where we know that we have 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel that will be saved or sa made safe, will not suffer consequence on earth from what we can tell. They'll be given the seal of God on their forehead. And then we know that there's a great multitude that shows up in heaven, just the same as we see in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4, where those who are dead in Christ will be raised from the grave, and then we who are remaining will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. These are the people that come out of the great tribulation, and we see that right, uh, in, um, in uh, Revelation in chapter 7. So we've had a lot that's gone on, but it's all signs. Just the same as Noah had signs, so shall it be in that end time scenario that there will be signs. So if anybody says, look, Christ is out here, don't go. Look, Christ is over there, don't go. Because it's going to be very, very clear when the Lord returns. If you're a believer in Christ, you will be caught up. If you're dead in Christ, your body will be raised from the dead. There will be no mistaking it. Nobody is going to be taken away and you be left behind if you're a believer. You don't have to worry about that. So don't go out. If you're in hiding, don't go out into the desert and hope to find him because somebody said Jesus is out there. That's just a trap for, for um, bringing you out. And so then we know that as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. So it'll be that obvious. Okay, so you'll, and, and the Bible is saying, look, you guys know signs. You know that when there's a carcass on the ground, that there are buzzards that are flying overhead. It's a sign. Everything that Jesus has been telling us are signs. And this is where he then says, for the, where the carcass is, there the eagles will gather together. That's what it's saying. These things are so obvious. It's so clear. You know what the eagles buzzering, you know, buzzing around means. You know that there's a carcass down on the ground. And then it says, and immediately after the tribulation of those days, and as I mentioned in my last session, the tribulation of those days is not the full seven years. The tribulation of those days is the great tribulation of those days that began at the midpoint, referring back to verse 21. So immediately after the tribulation of those days, now we have the sixth seal, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will seem as if they fall from the sky. And so this is now where mankind realizes this is the sign that's extremely obvious to mankind that something is about to happen. And we know that that is the precursor, according to Joel chapter 2 and verse 31, that says that the dreadful day of the Lord is coming. So this sign has to happen before the dreadful day of the Lord comes. And then we know that the Lord will return and he will return to 
rapture those saints that are alive after he has raised those saints that are dead from the grave. They'll be caught up together in, in the sky. And then there will be a brief moment in time where he'll send his angels, three angels, you can see this in Revelation 14, to give a gospel message, to call people out of mystery Babylon, to say, don't take the mark of the beast. And then it says that people who die in the Lord from now on will be blessed. We know some will die. We know that as you move forward from there, that's when the wrath of God begins. That's when the flood against mankind begins. It'll be different this time, though. It'll be fire from heaven. It'll be water turning to blood. It'll be beasts that can bite for five months. You're going to want to die, but you can't. And that's only for those that do not have the mark or the sign of God on them. So I know I've said a lot here. But what I'm saying primarily is that God gave Noah some signs of when he was going to bring the flood, when he was going to bring his wrath, wipe out mankind. We know that that time was going to be when that, bar, that, that ark was done. We know that he was told seven days. We know th the animals started to come. We know that God closed up the door. And we know that that's when the rain started. Just the same way. We know there's going to be an Antichrist. We know there's wars, rumors of wars. We're going to be able to see these things happening, especially in the Middle East. We know there's going to be famine in the land. We know that death is going to increase dramatically. We know that this Antichrist, whoever this person is, is going to go into the temple of the Jewish people and say, put my statue in here. I am your God. We know that the Jewish people need to flee. We know that people are going to be running and hiding. Some will be on the rooftops yelling the gospel message. Okay? But we also know then that it's going to last for a period of time, except for the sake of the elect, though there would be no elect. But for the sake of the elect, God goes ahead and says, okay, I'm, I'm, I've had it. I'm, I'm done with this. And so now we end up with the resurrection of the saints. We end up with the rapture of the saints. And then we have this period of silence in heaven. God brings his message. That then brings the trumpet judgments now upon an entirely unbelieving world. But some people will come to faith. Okay, some people will come to faith as God ramps it up and ramps it up. And finally, that last trumpet, we see that Jesus takes possession of the earth. Okay, the nations of this world become the nations of our God and his Christ. And that's at the end of the 70th week. And now all we have left are the bold judgments, the vile judgments. And that's a 30-day window of time where God brings his wrath so intensely against all unbelieving mankind. Those that are believers, they'll be safe, they'll be fine. But unbelieving mankind will be totally wiped out, totally destroyed. And then we move on into the 45 days where there's a reconstitution of the earth. And then we move into the millennial reign. So I hope that helps you to understand that we will not be signless when it comes to the Lord's return. And as it was in the days of Noah, where we do see signs that Noah saw, we too will see signs if we're alive at that time. And things are certainly getting very interesting now. I don't know when the Lord's coming back. But I can be looking at scripture. I can be looking at the world events. I don't want to shoehorn these things together. But I think that there are many things that we can see that would indicate that we're heading in the direction of the end times. Hope that's uh, informational. And I hope that helps to clarify some things. Thank you for your patience with me. I'm Mike Ufferman. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 